Welcome back to another episode of Comedy's Dead. I'm Sandra. I'm your host. And I want to apologize for this episode being a little late this week. But as I have said before, I am a single mom. And when the shit hits the fan, I'm the only one around to clean it up. So I have been putting out the dumpster fire that is my life. Last week, my daughter got head lice, and it's just gross. But anyways, it came at the worst possible time because my washer just broke. This is a brand new washer, and it's the second, well, third time it's broke. They've been out here twice to look at it. So anyways, I had to take all of our sheets and comforters and towels and clothes. I had to take them to the laundromat, which is just... Not, I don't want to ever go to a laundromat again. But anyway, so if you're ever at a laundromat and you see a mom and she's washing a bunch of sheets and towels, it's probably because one of her kids have head lice. So I'm just giving you a heads up, all right? But anyways, what I had planned on talking about, I kind of got sidetracked because I was at the laundromat. So I'm going to talk about it next week. But I was at the laundromat. And there were these two moms. I'm assuming they were friends because they were chit-chatting. And they were talking about Casey Anthony, of all people. And I guess, I didn't know this, but I guess she is getting ready to do or has already done, I don't know, maybe it's in production, but she's going to be doing a documentary about her life and it's going to air on Peacock. And these ladies were pissed. I mean, they hate Casey Anthony. I I didn't join in in the conversation or anything because I just don't like people. I'm kind of aloof. I like to keep to myself. But they were just, you know, talking about, you know, what I would say if I ever saw Casey Anthony in public. And I really don't care what anybody would say to her because I know what I would do if I ever saw her in public. I'd fist bump her. Girl power, Casey. Yes, uh, 1,000%, okay? Look, I'm sorry, but single moms have to stick together. We really do. I mean, and listen, I don't care what the moms out there have to say because I know for a fact there's not a single mom on this planet that is not a little jealous of Casey Anthony. And if they try to tell you otherwise, they're lying, all right? I really don't care what happened to Kaylee. I don't. All I know is... Casey Anthony is never going to have to call a guy that she was hooking up with and tell him that she is head lice. Seriously, I listen, I don't get much free time, okay? But my daughter was at her dad's the weekend prior before she got head lice, if that makes sense. I don't know. I'm not good at math, but just follow along, people. Anyways, and I was out and I was talking to this guy, and I'm not a big drinker, anyways. So we were drinking, and my friends left. And then he wanted to go to another bar, and my some of my friends were there. And I was like, sure, I'll go. But I couldn't drive, so I had to ride with him. And here's the thing. If I'm with a guy, and you take me from one location to the next, I'm kind of your responsibility for the evening, all right? Because I don't have a very high alcohol tolerance. So after we left the second bar, we went back to his apartment. And at this point, I'm drunk, okay? Like, I am I feel like I'm going to throw up. But here we are on his bed because I'm a stupid idiot. And, you know, if a guy's taking you home, that's what they're expecting. They're expecting that you're going to have sex with him. But here's the thing. I don't have drunk sex because I 
don't get off. And I don't want to just lay there and be someone's sex doll. So eventually I was like, look, I'm sorry, but I'm too drunk to have sex and I just don't want to have sex right now. And, you know, and he was fine with it. And I felt bad because I already had my clothes off and his dick in my mouth. But the excuse works every time. You know, I mean, I've never had a problem with telling a guy I'm too drunk to have sex. But luckily he had a um, VR, like a Sony VR um virtual reality set thing on his TV. I don't know what that stuff is. But anyways, it was really cool. So I put the VR headset on and I think the game that he put in was one of the games that came with the game, the console, the original game. But anyways, I'm in like I have the headset on and I'm in a shark tank and it keeps going deeper, deeper in the water and there's sharks and there's fish. And because it's so real as it's, it's dipping farther like into the water I could feel my body getting colder and I kept saying that I'm like oh my god this is so cool and I felt like I was Dory from Finding Nemo or something I'm like just keep swimming just keep swimming and I I'm, I'm in a thong in my underwear okay and I'm drunk and this poor guy's over in the corner with a rock hard dick like bitch Nemo is over here but anyways I had to call the guy and I, I didn't even have his number, okay? I had to call a friend to get his number and then call him and say, uh, I'm sorry, but you might have head lice. So I stand with Casey Anthony. I do. There, I said it because, listen, folks, I don't know how to break this to you, but Casey Anthony is innocent and you're going to find out all about it in the Peacock documentary that is coming out in the spring. And here's my philosophy, guys. If you really wanna hate somebody, that's fine. But you at least have to put in the work to hate them. I mean, you gotta get online. You can get, you can, you gotta read all the police interviews. You have to watch the trial. And we're just too lazy to do it. We just listen to whatever Nancy Grace or the media tells us and who to hate. And that's who we hate. But what we don't realize is Nancy Grace doesn't hate Casey Anthony. Nancy Grace loves Casey Anthony because without Casey Anthony, or without, yeah, without Casey Anthony, Nancy Grace fails to exist, right? Sorry guys, I'm tired, okay? It's late and I've been helping my kid with the science test and she's just turning into a fucking delinquent. But anyway, so go Casey Anthony, you don't, you go girl. But anyways, no, the problem is we in America, we love a witch hunt. That's what we're after. We want a witch hunt. And leading the charge of any witch hunt is just a bunch of witches nobody wanted to fuck. That's what it's about, folks. And you can see them after the trial and she was found not guilty. These girls, just they didn't care about Kaylee. They didn't even know who the hell she was. They just wanted a bitch to burn at the stake. That's all it was, folks. But, and I know people say, oh my God, she killed her daughter. And, you know, she was, she didn't miss Kaylee or whatever the kid's name was. I don't know. Because she was, what, entering a hot body contest? It's not like she won the contest. I mean, she lost. I mean, I'm sure the crowd could tell she wasn't into it. And I know you're probably thinking I'm a horrible person because I'm talking about this and, you know, someone, how could anybody commit murder? Look, I'm sorry, but anybody could commit murder. Anybody's capable of murder. And if you don't believe that, that is just because you haven't taken enough psychedelics. 
because that's what psychedelics teach you. They force you to think inside out. So if you do enough psychedelics, you realize the question isn't about whether or not somebody could kill somebody. The question is, are you capable of doing all the things that led up to the murder? And listen, folks, I did the work because I'm a single mom and I don't have shit to do. And there is nothing I hate more than a bunch of ugly bitches trying to take down uh, an attractive bitch. It just bothers me. So I read you can get on Scribd. So this episode is brought to you by Scribd. They have everything online, any document, any magazine, all the police interviews from the Casey Anthony trial. I read them all, I went back through, I watched the trial on YouTube, and the only thing Casey is guilty of is being an optimist. That is it, folks. I mean, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. And Casey was right, and most mothers are. And the jury was right. And listen, I don't know how to tell you guys this, but when you go through and you read everything, you'll realize Casey Anthony didn't even graduate high school. Do you realize that she did not graduate high school? She was one credit short, and I guess it was an English class. She didn't do an English paper or something. And listen, we all know English teachers, they're the worst, they're bitches. They are, they, they're always fresh out of college, they're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and they're just ready to change the world until they get in the classroom and realize they're gonna be the first ones cut when the budget cuts come. And listen, Casey should have known that, but she was young and she was stupid. And it was 2004. I mean, what the number one song was, was Hey Ya from Outkast. Remember that song? And I'm sure Casey blared it. What was it? I don't wanna meet your mama. I just wanna make you come uh, or whatever. And it's a great song. And you know what? I know Casey liked it because guess what? Casey didn't want you to meet her mom because her mom was a racist. Oh yes, folks. I mean, it's in the police interviews. Her friends and neighbors told police that Cindy Anthony was a racist and she did not like Casey's Latino friends and would not allow them in the house. But according to the friends and neighbors, whenever Cindy wasn't home, if George, the father was home, he would allow the Latino friends in the house. But according to Casey, he's a pedophile. So I'm just trying to get you guys to have a little sympathy for the devil, right? I mean, because if you're gonna hate somebody, you gotta, you gotta look into it, you gotta do the research, because guess what? The devil's in the details. And I'm just gonna, I, I'm just gonna tell you everything that's gonna happen in the documentary. So strap in folks, because it's about to get a little crazy because I've been smoking the, what is it, Delta 9, Delta 8? I don't know, I don't fuck with the legal stuff. Anyways, but according to George Anthony, which is the father, not only did Casey not graduate, but she did not go to summer school to complete the credit to, you know, hand in her English paper. And according to him, it was because she was too busy taking or too busy working two jobs so she could buy her brother's car. But here's the thing. She already had a car. She had one of her parents' older cars, but her brother was getting a new car, so she wanted to buy his car. Okay, that's fine, whatever. But I guess one of the jobs she was at was at a 
pizza place, a pizza joint. I'm not exactly sure what she did there because George does not specify and the police are lazy and they didn't ask. But at one point, this was the only job she had. So whatever that second job was, they don't mention it, but she didn't work there anymore. She was just working at the pizza place. And I guess it was just on call. It was as needed. So she was a pizza call girl. Whenever they got busy, she would rush there and work for the evening. And listen, I mean, she wanted to buy a new car. I'm not going to knock that. And listen, it was Florida in the early 2000s. And that was a great place to be if you were a broke teenager. So, yeah, she made enough money being a pizza call girl to uh, buy her brother's car. And then at some point, she quit that job. They don't say why. But what we do know is in late summer of 04, early fall, she started working at Universal Studios. She was the Kodak girl. So after you waited in line and drove cross country, Casey Anthony was the first person that greeted you right when you walked in the door and wanted to take a picture of you and, you know, sell it to you later. And so that's what she did. And then we know on August 9th, 2005 she had Kaylee which would have made her conception date sometime around November 16th 2004 give or take three or four days and when Casey exactly found out she was pregnant we don't know it's a mystery but according to mom Cindy and George which both lie and I mean, I'd lie for my kid, so whatever. So, I mean, you don't know who to believe, but according to them, she found out that she was pregnant sometime late May, early June of 05. So, when she was seven, almost eight months pregnant. Seems like bullshit to me, but what we do know for sure is in January of 05, she met her fiance, Jesse Grun who also worked at Universal Studios. He was a loss prevention officer that would walk around. So they met, they fell in love, he's the fiance. So what I think happened is, I don't think she knew she was pregnant when she met Jesse. I really don't. Because if you think about it, when she met Jesse, she would have been at most missing, had just missed her second period. So it's easily believable that Maybe she didn't even miss the second period until after she started banging Jesse. And I can tell you from experience, because I have a kid, I had a period the first trimester. Each month I bled for three or four days and it was terrifying. But the doctor said it's normal because see, you have this thing, it's called a mucus plug that doesn't completely seal off until after the first trimester. So that's why we spot like a period. So anyways, I don't think she really found out she was pregnant until after she started dating Jesse. Okay. So, and you know what? Like I said, Casey's an optimist. Okay. She approaches life with confidence and not fear. So she just, whatever she didn't have if the other guy, if there was another guy or many guys, and I'm going to get to that because I know who the father is. I'm just trying to like, you know, string you guys along here. But anyways, um, yeah, she she just figured, well, this works out. He's a cool guy. He's a good guy. He's going to the police academy to be a cop. His dad was a minister. So whatever. That's what she decided to do. But, of course, it didn't work out, as we know. And uh, according to her friends, and this is another thing. This is a very important thing. 
because what they report in the media isn't exactly true. So according to all of Casey's friends, they all thought that Jesse Grund was the father. It wasn't until after the DNA test came out and said that he wasn't, which was you know right after Kaylee was born, that Casey was like, oh, well, it was just one night stand, this guy that was in the army that I met who was married and who later died in a car crash. But again, you have to read the police reports because it wasn't like, oh, he was in the army, he was married, he died in a car crash. It was one night stand with this guy that was in an army. And then after her and Jesse broke up, it was, oh, well, he was in the army and he's married. And then a few months later, it was, oh, he also died in a car crash. I just found out. So there's it, th there's reasons for the lies. So anyways, but Jesse Grun's father, this is very important. I'm trying to paint you guys a picture here because I really want you to understand what was going on in this poor girl's head, all right? So... Her, his father, Richard Grun, who was a pastor, he'd been a pastor for 20 years, he hated women. I mean, hated women. Again, the police reports, he talked about how when they were, Casey and Jesse were dating, that Casey would spend a lot of time at their home because she didn't like her mom, Cindy. And Jesse, well, not Jesse, Richard supported this because he didn't like Cindy either. Because I guess George, the father, you know, the pedophile, he broke into Cindy's 401k and emptied it, cleared it out, and blew it all on online gambling. So after this happened, Cindy became bossy and wouldn't let George make any more of the financial decisions. And according to Richard, who said that he is an old school Italian and he doesn't understand how George could be, you know, emasculated and not have any decisions in his own house because this wouldn't fly in his house. So I just thought that was odd because I don't care if you got a pussy or a dick, if you blow the family's 401k on anything other than family shit, the other, you know, your spouse is going to be a little pissed. But anyways, I thought that was strange. But according to Fox, no Fox News, it wasn't online gambling. It was a porn addiction, which kind of makes sense because, I mean, the family lies. But if you just blew your family's 401k and you got to go meet the new in-laws and there's tension, it seems like something you would lie about. It seems a reasonable reason to lie about that. But whatever. It doesn't matter. The shit didn't work out. And we know after her and Jesse broke up, she had maybe three or four relationships, nothing major. They were just hooking up. And then, of course, we know in June 2008, Kaylee dies. It was, what, June 16th? And there's two theories, the one where Kaylee drowned in the pool, which is what I believe. I believe it was an accident. And the other theory is that Casey did it. Well... I read the police reports and I went back through and watched the stupid fucking trial. And when you go through and you read the police reports, you will learn that Kaylee had this thing where she really liked baby dolls and, but she liked them naked. Okay, she liked her dolls with no clothes on. So whenever she got a new doll, she would rip all the clothes off. And if you tried to put the clothes back on, she would get really mad and wouldn't let you. So, and listen, I'm not victim shaming. There's nothing wrong with carrying your dolls around naked, all right? 
I'm just saying what I think happened is I think Kaylee was trying to take the little doll skinny dipping and fell in the pool and drowned. That's what I think. But if you are one of those Casey haters that think that Casey Anthony killed her daughter, you really have to step back and ask why. Why would a mother who, according to everyone that was on the stand and in all the police reports, who by all accounts was a good mother and attentive mother, why would she all of a sudden just one day snap and kill her kid, you know? Like, how does that happen? Well, you gotta do a little investigating. And what you gotta do is you gotta take everything you know about Casey and everything you know about the family and all the little theories about who the dad may or may have not have been, and you have to compare it to the time of Kaylee's death. And that was June 2008, and that was a very interesting time for the residents of Florida. Not only in Florida, but historically, June 2008 was a huge month for the world. We just didn't know it yet. That was when Jeffrey Epstein pleaded guilty in his infamous plea deal, you know, the plea deal of the century, where he pleaded guilty to one count of soliciting sex from a minor. That was on June 30th. Kaylee died on June 16th. And if you're familiar with the Epstein case, which I'm assuming if you're watching this, you probably are. Actually not, because nobody watches this shit, because for some odd reason, no one wants to hear the truth. But whatever, you just want to hear about what a whore she was and how she drowned her damn kid because you're stupid and you're haters. But anyways, we also know the months leading up to his plea deal, when he pleaded guilty, he hired a bunch of private investigators to go and I don't I want to say it was threatening. Um, I mean, obviously they were threatening the girls that were cooperating with the police, but also to hunt down the girls that had the other victims or girls, whatever you want to call them. I don't know who had been there to also tell them, Hey, if you don't, you know, talk to the police, we'll give you money. And also in this plea deal, he had the four cohorts, there was four other girls that can't be prosecuted at all. They don't even have to answer questions because, you know, they were recruiters and, you know, they worked and they were the ones that would write down notes like, you know, Jeffrey massage, 14 year old, two o'clock, you know, or, you know, so, so can't come because, you know, she has volleyball practice. So this girl's going to come. But anyways, those girls also, because they kept the records, they went and they hunted all these girls down and there were hundreds of them scattered all around the state. And they had to go tell them, hey, if you don't work with the cops, we'll give you some money. That was also going on. So if you think Casey Anthony killed her daughter, the only logical explanation as to why a good mother would just all of a sudden one day snap and kill her kid is because Jeffrey Epstein was the father. 1,000%. Spoiler alert, people. Jeffrey Epstein was Kaylee Anthony's dad. And if you don't believe me and you think I'm crazy, I really don't care, but you'll find out in the documentary. But I mean, she looks just like him. I mean, I it's like, you. there's no denying it. Like you can't unsee it, guys. The cat's kind of out of the bag. I mean, hey, Cindy, I know you don't like Latinos, but how do you like Jews? Because Kaylee's dad was a Jew. I mean, he's bigger than Jesus. I mean, you can see this Juno's coming a mile away. All right, folks. I, it's just, it's so obvious. So you, you know what happened? I mean, 
Kaylee was, or not Kaylee, Casey. What, they're, why do people do that? I hate it when moms do that. When they're like, they'll have, if there's a Casey and a Kaylee and a, a Kylie and a, I don't know. Well, you know what I'm saying? When they all do that, it's so annoying because I'm dyslexic and I can't remember shit because really I, I, I'm not a social person. But anyways, enough about me. Back to Jeffrey Epstein. And I know some of you are thinking, well, no, I watched the trial. And according to Cindy Anthony, you know, Kaylee's dad was this Jesus Ortez or whatever. No, stupid. Okay. Because uh, Jesus Ortez has brown eyes and you can find interviews with his parents and both of his parents have brown eyes which would make him homeozygous brown and Casey has blue eyes and you can only be homeozygous blue so there's no if if it was Kay, if he was Kaylee's dad then Kaylee would have brown eyes not hazel eyes okay it's Mendel's theory it's just the way that it works and yes I know that they have found a flaw in Mendel's theory and technically two blue-eyed parents can make a brown-eyed child but technically that's really not the case because don't forget blue eyes are technically light eyes it's just light and brown or light and dark I don't however they want to say it but really when they're talking about that which is such a small rare occurrence it's more you know two parents with hazel eyes have a kid with brown eyes or two green-eyed parents have a kid with you know br or brown eyes because melanin also affects eye color but guess what it doesn't matter because jose ortez didn't have light eyes he had brown eyes so it's totally irrelevant and the reason i know this because i know about mendel's theory because what is that like seventh grade science and but I know about it well the flaw because I was on a boat with Sandy Berger in the Atlantic Ocean right before he tried to sell me to the Saudis yes folks and no one believed me so don't even get me started on why girls don't go to the authorities because no one believes you anyway so it doesn't matter but anyways he tried to sell me to the Saudis and before that he was I was he was talking about something about and this was in 07 and he was making jokes about how you always know who the mother is and he had this the gold star of David and the sun was shining off of it and it was just hypnotizing and now I only fuck Jews but anyways back to Casey Anthony um it was Jeffrey Epstein's dad. I mean, that's the only reason you would just snap and kill your daughter. And I know she was sitting at home alone because she's unemployed, because she didn't graduate high school, because, you know, and the parents knew, they knew it was coming down the line. But here's the thing. George, the dad, was a pedophile. So when Cindy, who was the breadwinner, was at work all day and... She was like, hey, you know, you really need to make sure Casey does these online classes and finishes that damn English class because we're spending all this money on a graduation party. George was like, ah, oh, don't worry, I got it. But Casey was like, screw you. If uh, you rat me out to mom, I'm just going to tell everyone you touched my pussy. So that's why she didn't graduate high school. So now she can't get a job. I mean, yeah, she can go get a job making minimum wage, but that's pointless because then all the money is going to have to go to childcare. So she's losing her mind. She's made a mistake. She doesn't know what to do. She's getting hounded and hunted down by the Epstein cohorts who keep reminding her, remember, don't talk to the cops and we'll give you some money. Oh, and by the way, is that Jeffrey's kid? We're just curious. And she's like, oh, no, it's, you know. And so she's scared and, you know, baby daddy's on the news again and little Kaylee's over in the corner molesting her baby dolls and she just snapped. 
like a hamster eats its young. You know, people always say how gross it is that hamsters eat their babies. But it's like, it's not gross. Like, what do you expect them to do? They're in a cage. There's a pole. You should. If you're stuck in a cage and there's no way out and you got five little babies, eat those fuckers. That is the most humane thing you can do. And that's what Casey did. She snapped. I mean, what else was she supposed to do, guys? Think about it. She hit the pivotal fork in the road, all right? And it didn't matter which path she took. It was not going to be good for Kaylee. Just wasn't. What was she supposed to do? Leave her kid with the racist grandma and pedo papa while she went and tried to find a job? She can't keep a clear head and get her shit together when she's leaving her kid in that situation. Oh, I guess she could have went to the police and, you know, told him about Jeffrey Epstein so she could have gotten child support for the kid. But that would have been the worst thing. I mean, that's a paradox. Talk about a fucking paradox. That The Jeffrey paradox. I mean, when the best thing you could do for your child is also the worst thing you can do. I mean, I can't imagine dealing with that alone. With I mean, this was before BetterHelp. It wasn't like she could call somebody on the phone. She was on her own, folks. And, I mean, and plus, listen, Casey's not stupid. I mean, she's got, when, you, when you're faced with a do-or-die situation, I mean, you either fight or flee or you freeze. I don't know, but I think that's what happened. And she just knew if she had to get money from Jeffrey, then, you know, he was going to be able to see the kid. And if you think, oh, no, the police wouldn't let Jeffrey Epstein see the kid and blah, 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 you're fucking stupid, okay? That man fucked half of the teenage girls in West Palm and had been for two decades, okay? And all he had to do was plead to one count of soliciting sex from an underage girl. It was the plea deal of the century, Okay, and oh, yeah, I guess he did kind of do 13 months in jail. But no, not really he didn't because guess what, folks? It was 13 months in jail with 12-hour work release. 12 hours a day he was on work release six days a week. So he was definitely going to be able to find or definitely be able to have custody of that kid and see her whenever he wanted. For sure, 1,000%. And especially considering the everything that was going on in the news that would have been the best publicity for him when he got out of jail so yes he would have used it to his advantage and casey's not stupid i mean she knew that's what was going to happen and you know she's just sitting there thinking oh my god you know i'm going to have Ghislaine maxwell coming to my house every other weekend picking up my kid taking him to pedo island for a girl's weekend you know wouldn't you love to get those updates from Ghislaine? oh Casey, I'm just so, I can't do an English accent, but anyways, you know, it would be like, oh, you wish you could be here, Casey, because you just missed it. I mean, Kaylee, she just carried her little naked baby dolls around the pool, just like Daddy Jeffrey. I mean, she's just like Jeffrey, and it was just so adorable, Casey, you missed it. And then, you know, Casey was an athlete. Wasn't she an athlete? That means Casey would have, yeah, Casey, those stupid names. Anyways, Casey was an athlete, so that means Kaylee would have been an athlete. And then, you know, Lane and Jeffrey are going to be at the games. Hell, they'd probably build a new gym for the girls to play in. It would be the Epstein Gymnasium, you know? And Casey, she's still going to have to work. I mean, she doesn't have a degree or anything, so she's going to have some half-assed job that's not matter, but it would probably be in the 
the court agreement that Casey has to work, you know? And so that means she's not going to be able to go and be a chaperone on the eighth grade trip to D.C. Oh, but Ghislaine and Jeffrey will be there because they're philanthropists. I mean, they're going to let the kids fly on the plane. And little Kaylee, she's going to get to sit in Clinton's wet spot. And you know Ghislaine's going to take a picture and send it to Casey and be like, oh, look, Kaylee's in Clinton's wet spot because that's how these people are. So she snapped. Who cares? She did the right. You did the right thing. Best mom ever, Casey. Best mom ever. Cheers to you, sweetie. Anyways, but you're going to find out about all that in the documentary. I don't know what they'll say about Kaylee's death. I think it was an accident. I think she drowned in the pool and Casey was like, I'm out of here. So best mom ever. Now, as far as when Jeffrey, this is where it starts getting a little like, you know, cover up. But um, as far as when Jeffrey found out about this whole ordeal, I'm not exactly sure. But I do know it was shortly after Jose Bias was involved. Now, it could have been that because these cohorts that are under a non-prosecutional agreement, they were out finding girls that, you know, they had they had their numbers and their names because, you know, these were the girls that well, had recruited them and then also checked them in when they got to Epstein's mansion. But um, I, I think because they probably did get a hold of Casey and realized she had a kid, and I'm sure it was Sarah Kellen, probably. I don't know, it's really weird because Sarah Kellen looks a lot like Casey, and they both kind of look like Ghislaine, and Casey even cut her hair the, to match Ghislaine's haircut at one point. You know, it's this weird sex cult, guys. But anyways, um, I, I think there's reason to believe that maybe Epstein's people contacted Jose Baez, and that's how this whole thing got started. But I know it wasn't very long after Casey was in jail that Epstein got involved. He was heavily involved in the defense. Um, and you, they, one of the main things is they didn't want her to be in jail, not because she was innocent or not guilty. I mean, they just didn't want her in jail because they didn't want her talking to anybody. And also, this wasn't going to be your typical defense. I mean, this was, there's going to be a cover-up. We're not going to say who the dad is because it would be horrible if it came out for both parties involved so they wanted to get Casey off without having to say who the dad was so they didn't want her in jail because you know people talk and gossip you overhear things and at some point this lawyer big time in LA was a famous lawyer represented a bunch of famous athletes you know the ones that beat their wives and kill their wives and you know anyways but he got involved his name is Todd Maca. Macalous, Macalous, Todd Macalous. Anyways, he's in jail now, but he has a private plane. He has a bunch of private planes. Um, he loves young blondes. Legal though, I mean legal. Anyways, and uh, he was really involved with trying to get Casey out of jail. And there's just no reason for this guy to be involved in the Casey Anthony trial, really, at all. But anyways, he had to recruit, a re, uh, recruit. What's this? Anyways, he had to step down from being the attorney because he got in trouble for wire fraud or something. Anyways, he's in jail now for cocaine. He bought a bunch of cocaine in Ecuador on his plane. It seems really sketched to me. But anyways, when Casey was acquitted, when she got out of jail, she was whisked away on a private plane and it was this lawyer, Todd Maca Lewis, Maca Lewis, 
Pecalos. Anyways, I thought that was interesting because it didn't seem like this lawyer should have been involved at all with the Casey Anthony trial. But uh, Jeffrey Epstein was heavily involved with the trial, obviously, because it was in his best interest. And not only that, he helped pick the jury. Yes, he did, folks. Jose Baez, this is a true story, he wore a little camera. And I know it for a fact because I dated the guy that sold Baez the damn camera. Swear to God, folks, okay? I dated him and we, I was hooked, this was a while ago. But anyways, no, I, I was hanging out with him one night and we ended up back at his house and he stuck my finger up his wife's ass. And she was an Epstein. And now I have a ward up my nose, okay? So I really wish people would believe me on this, but they don't. I mean, and I've been telling people about this, this weird rich sex cult since 2007 because they tried to recruit me and I told everyone and everyone called me a stupid slut. So I stand with Casey Anthony because I know the truth now. I know the truth. And you know what? Good for you. And what really really upsets me about this whole ordeal is the fact that this man Jeffrey Epstein what he was able to accomplish and get away with basically and the only two people to have any type of punishment or serve any time in jail are two women Casey Anthony and Ghislaine Maxwell and I know it's the two women that we love to hate you know the most two hated women in the world. And I mean, Casey's gonna get her name cleared, obviously. I mean, she's been under a non, um, non-disclosure agreement, but Epstein's dead now, and he just so happened to have died on Kaylee's birthday. Well, Kaylee's birthday was August 9th. They found him dead in his cell, you know, on August 10th, but he was killed or killed himself on August 9th, whatever. So she's not under the non-disclosure agreement anymore because it doesn't matter. But you're gonna find out about it all on the Peacock documentary. And she's doing it because she wants to write a book. But here's the thing, nobody will sign her. No one will be the publisher because anything this girl touches, people try to boycott because they're fucking nuts. You know, like I said, if you wanna hate somebody, you gotta put in the work because the devil's in the details and it's not Casey. And you know what? And I hate to say this, and I know this is gonna piss so, so many people off, but Ghislaine's not the devil either. Listen, she's not innocent. She's guilty as hell. But I was watching, because um, I was going through and reading all this stuff. Seriously, guys, get on script. I mean, you can read just about any police interview. It's real, it's legit. It's pretty fascinating, actually, and terrifying. Actually, don't get murdered, because guess what? Cops, they're not gonna be solving shit. They, when you go through and you read some of the stuff, like, they don't even ask, they don't ask follow-up questions. I mean, one of the girls stated that she had met the father. The cop didn't ask what he looked like, where it was, what was his name, nothing. Just went on to the next question. So don't get murdered, folks, because you're screwed. But anyways, uh, I was watching uh, some of the Epstein survivors, and I don't know how in depth I'm gonna go into this. Actually, you know what, fuck it. I don't have anything to lose. I'm at the bottom. That's how bad my life is right now. I'm at the bottom, and when you're at the bottom, you can do whatever the fuck you want. So, anyways, these Epstein victims. Okay, listen. Yes, uh, there's a, what happened to a lot of these girls 
is horrible. I couldn't imagine it. it. It's heartbreaking. It's disgusting. But some of these girls were in their 20s when they met Jeffrey Epstein. Like, we're talking 22. I mean, some of them were sex workers. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that does not mean you're not a victim. And I'm really sick of having to explain myself and apologize before I even begin to say what I'm going to say, because I'm just going to assume that the 10 people watching this are slightly educated, but you can't assume that because you know what they say when you assume you make an asshole out of you and me. So what really bothers me is you have one of the accusers who's 22 years old. You know, I'm going to say her name because the bitch is a liar. I don't like her. Her name is Sarah Ransom. And yeah, she's a victim, but she's not really a victim. Okay. She was 22 years old when she was recruited and she was recruited on the premise of being uh, to have sex for money. I mean, there was no lying. There was no recruiting. And not only that, once she got to Petto Island and she said that whatever happened, whatever happened to her, and I believe her, she whatever she went in to give Jeffrey a massage and he picked her up and put her on the bed and had sex with her. Call it what you want. I, I just don't want to get in trouble on YouTube. But, you know, but here's the thing. She kept going back for nine months. Nine months she went back and she allowed him to put her up in a condo, try to pay for her schooling. She got dental work. She went to a psychiatrist. She got medical treatment, all this stuff. And she stayed for nine months. And here she is on The View and talking to Gail King and all these, you know, morning shows that women watch that I despise because it's all bullshit. But anyway, so she's on these shows saying how what a horrible experience she went she was involved in and how, you know, there was you know, 15 year olds on Petto Island and, you know, she just didn't know what to do. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, and then she goes on to say that Ghislaine is more guilty than Jeffrey Epstein. What the fuck, bitch? Are you kidding? You're sitting there telling me at 22 years old as an adult who was a sex worker that went to Petto Island that you're seeing 16 year olds and you didn't do anything. You stayed and you kept going back for nine months and Ghislaine is more guilty than Jeffrey Epstein? That doesn't, I'm sorry, as a mom, I'm telling you right now, ladies, men, women, whoever is watching this, this is a fucking problem. Yes, she's a victim. Yes, she deserves compensation and compassion. But to sit there and say that she saw these young girls going into Epstein's room, I mean, I don't think she went with them, but, and she stayed for nine months. I'm sorry, but... You're, 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 she doesn't have any accountability I think she does I mean if we don't address these problems it's going to keep happening because we're making it so oh it's okay that a 22 year old can go to a sex party where there are 16 year olds and there's no accountability for them if they keep their mouth shut for nine months and then they can go and get their little victims fund and I'm sorry as a mom I'm just not okay with that anymore I'm not. I don't think she should be prosecuted. I don't think she, you know, should have any type of punishment. But for the ladies of The View and Gail King to be on the morning show just letting her flap her mouth and they don't say anything, they don't question that. They don't say, whoa, wait a second, I have a daughter. And if I found out that you watched my daughter go into Jeffrey Epstein's room for nine months and you didn't say anything, I'd want to smack the shit out of you. And for the fact that, and I know this is what's going on in these women's heads because you can see it in their damn face. And so for them to sit there and not question her, not say anything, and Ghislaine's more guiltier than Jeffrey, well, then that makes the ladies at The View and Gail King, they're more guilty than 
Ghislaine Maxwell because they're just sitting there and they're not speaking what they're thinking. They're just ignoring it. They're suppressing it because you know what? They have a job and they have money and they don't want to get reprimanded because God forbid some honkies from the trailer park who have no education whatsoever get offended. And since they have no jobs, they just, you know, have nothing to do but file complaints all damn day. So I'm pissed and I can't take it anymore. And that one really to say that Ghislaine was more guilty than Jeffrey, oh, I, I wanted to reach through the TV or my computer screen. I don't watch TV. Anyway, I wanted to reach through my con- computer screen and just strangle the bitch. Can I say that? I'm still getting canceled. But then there was another one. And yes, yeah, she's a victim, but I'm saying, come on. There has to be some kind of accountability, at least so they can say, yes, it was wrong, but this is why I stayed and I know it was wrong, but the money and you know, I, I, I didn't want to branch out on my own and I was scared and, you know, the money, the money, the money, the money, the money. Do we talk about that? Because it all stems from the money, right? And then the same thing, I uh, Virginia Roberts. And, oh, my God, she was 16 when she got brought into this. It's horrible, okay? But she said the same thing. She was talking about Jeffrey Epstein and how horrible he was and he was a dirty old man and he was a pedophile and he was a, he's sick. He had he suffered sickness. He was just a pedophile and he had a sickness. But Ghislaine, Ghislaine was the wicked one. Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, why are we content letting women take the fall for the men's sin? I mean, yes, yeah, she's guilty, but she's not more wicked than Jeffrey. You got to be out of your damn mind. I mean, this doesn't even make sense. And no one says anything. They just sit back and they're like, yep, yep, you know what? You're right. Let's fry the bitch. I mean, no one cares about Ghislaine. I mean, forget the fact that you can read article after article about people that grew up with her that, you know, haven't spoken to her in what, 30 years? But they all testify that she did not have a normal childhood. She was anorexic by the age of three. Her dad was very abusive. I mean, so abusive that one time she hung a picture of a horse in her room and her dad took the hammer and hit her hand. That was her punishment. That seems pretty extreme if you ask me. And she also, I guess uh, Robert Maxwell, like he would uh, line all the kids up and quiz them and drill them on like current events and if they messed up which I'm assuming they did very often because they're kids and why should kids no one should care about current events because it's fake news folks anyways and he would like scold them I guess he was just, the stuff that he would say was just awful but anyways so who cares about the fact that Ghislaine was an abused child she was anorexic at three and you know, she met Jeffrey at the most vulnerable time in her life after her father had just died and she realized she had zero dollars to survive in New York City. I mean, let's for, let's forget about that because, you know, all these victims did the same thing Ghislaine did. Not all of them. I shouldn't say it. Not all of them, but a lot of them who were in their 20s when they met him and they were out recruiting doing the same thing Ghislaine did. But somehow Ghislaine's the wicked one doing the same thing that they did. I just think we should talk about this because it's gonna keep happening. I'm not saying these girls should be prosecuted or that they're criminals, not at all. I'm just saying you gotta keep it real, folks, because I have a daughter and this stuff is terrifying, okay? And another thing that got me about one of the Epstein accusers, and this, I mean, this this one broke my heart. She 
she was going to school to be a massage therapist. So she was over the age of 18 when she met Jeffrey. And she was the one that you can see in the pictures. I think her name is Shantae Davis. She was giving Clinton a massage. And I don't know, I think it was the first night when she was on the island. Clinton wasn't there, according to her. She went in to give Jeffrey his nightly massage before he went to bed. And you know how it ends, okay? So she was terrified. She didn't know she wanted to keep the job, but she was going to be going to Africa with Clinton and Chris Tucker. I think it was a Chris, Chris Tucker, I think. And um, who's that other pedophile? Uh, Kevin Spacey. Anyways, so she, she wanted to go. And I probably would have wanted to go too. So I'm, I'm not knocking her. I'm not one of those saying, well, why did you stay? I know why you stayed. I mean, you're going on a plane with Bill Clinton and Chris Tucker and Kevin Spacey. So yeah, you're going to stay. But anyways, she not only did she stay, but she introduced Jeffrey Epstein to her little sister who was 16 or 17 at the time. And Jeffrey eventually paid for her sister's college in Paris and also for her living expenses in Paris. And of course, you know, he did the same thing to her that he did to all the other girls. And I mean, I, I my heart just goes out to both of them because I mean, they, she has to live with that. She has to live with the fact that she introduced her daughter to Jeffrey Epstein, or not her daughter, her sister, her little sister to Jeffrey Epstein. And that's just awful. But she said that, you know, even though that Jeffrey had raped her, she never in a million years thought Jeffrey would do that to her little sister. And I want to know why she thought that. Like, what was, what about that environment that she was in did she not think that he would then go and do that to her little sister? That's all I want to know. That's all I want to know. And I think we should be able to talk about it because I have a daughter. They probably all have daughters. And these are the things that we need to talk about, ladies, or it's just going to keep happening because we have made it to where you can witness whatever you want for as long as you want. And as long as it happened to you, there's no accountability and it's going to stay like that until we start talking about it. And when I mean accountability, I don't mean legally or, you know, and I know people, you can't, you can't do anything about people online. That's going to happen regardless. I'm just saying we got to talk about this because all they have to say is how wicked Ghislaine is and how one of them was saying how she was so glad that Ghislaine was never going to see the light of day. She'll never step foot outside again. And she's going to be in that New York prison in Brooklyn or wherever they have her stash. Well, guess what? All that hate got you nothing because Ghislaine was just transferred to a minimum security prison in Tallahassee, Florida. Where it's, this is like summer camp, folks, okay? She's going to be able to garden every day and bake. She can choose between horticulture classes or cosmetology so she can teach people how to give massages. So she already knows how to do that. And... She there's recreational sports. She's gonna get to play volleyball or maybe softball. There's a rec center. There's a track. I mean, she gets to watch TV and movies. It's like summer camp for her, okay? And yeah, so see what all that hate got you? Nothing. And if you think about it, because I, I'm sure with Ghislaine, I'm sure it was a love-hate relationship. But I mean, did you would you really want her getting her ass beat in prison every day? I mean, when you think of, I mean, cause she kind of did the same thing you did, right? I mean, she didn't have a great childhood. She was damaged. She was vulnerable. I'm sure she loved Jeffrey. I'm sure she was groomed by him. I don't think it was, they started dating and he's like, Hey bitch, go get me some, uh, 
16 year olds and by the way i don't want any sixes because sixes do not meet your quota i don't think it was like that i, I think she was groomed and it was it gradually went into whatever had happened i don't know but guess what we're never gonna know if she's sitting in prison the rest of her life i think she should be out of jail i think she should be allowed to talk freely i think she should be allowed to write a book and some of the proceeds should have to go to the victims and that's just what should happen folks because why do women hate women so much we are our own worst enemies and i'm saying this as a mom I'm sick of it. And I mean, it's, it's I'm just over it. But anyways, I'm probably going to be canceled because you know what? No one in this fucking country can handle the truth. Not at all. Not even in the slightest bit. But you know what? Joe Rogan and all the Mel comics and just about every man in the world, you know, they get to have their big podcast and they get to say whatever the hell they want. And you know what? Yeah, someone might complain, but they don't get their fucking episodes taken down. They don't have to worry about being canceled. But when you're at the bottom... Well, usually at the bottom, you can do whatever you want, but you can't also get ca canceled and there's no one to call. So anyways, that is comedy's dead. Um, yeah, sorry. I was going to talk about being a mom and homework and shit, um, but that's for next week because I really got sidetracked with this Casey Anthony thing because I've known for a while that Jeffrey Epstein was the dad. I just didn't want to make a fool of myself on YouTube, but fuck it, I don't care anymore. You're gonna find out about it on the YouTube documentary. But listen, I'm I stand with Casey. She's the best mom ever. I, I think the world owes her a huge apology. She should be able to live her life. People she gets drinks thrown at her. I mean, she was at one point she was taking refuge at a church, like shelter. And when people found out about it in the town, they protested, so they had to kick her out of the church. And then they sued this town. They tried to sue the town because the church was in walking distance of a school. Really, people? I mean, they were treating her like she was Jeffrey Epstein, okay? So leave Casey Anthony alone. And Casey, I was reading that you're doing private investigator work. You work for OJ's private investigator. Okay, so listen, I think we should join forces because... I have been investigating this because I like true crime. I'm a girl. We all like it. Anyways, I've been investigating this, uh, these six murders in Carroll County, Indiana, this tiny little nothing. There's nobody there. There's less than 30,000 people in the damn county. And there were six murders of six little girls that remains unsolved. And there was a cover up. There was a cover up, especially with the four little sisters. But anyways, call me. I think we could work something out and I think we could solve this. And I think you deserve a good life and happiness and whatever. I don't know. It's late. I'm tired. I have to get up tomorrow. I have a lot of shit to do tomorrow. I had to clean this room up and I don't have any help. But anyways, Casey, call me. I You played volleyball. I used to play volleyball. I bet you're a librero. I was a librero. We could pepper in the backyard. We can solve a murder. I just, I just want a friend. Casey Anthony, will you be my friend? Anyways, I'm Sandra. That's Comedy's Dead. So like, follow, subscribe, leave comments. I doubt you will because nobody watches this shit. So it's a huge waste of time. And like, follow, and subscribe.